I try to help them, but they're not in a place for that help. And so I had to learn as a caregiver that the only person that I need a caregiver for really truthfully is myself. And that in by doing that, if somebody comes along and sees how I'm doing this for myself and they say, hey, how are you doing that? Because I, I need a little bit of maybe maybe you can illuminate something for me that I'm missing and I can find it for myself. Okay, great. I'll do that for you. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Get Your Fill, Financial Independence and Long Life where we explore ways to achieve those two goals and we invite people on to help us. And today we're focusing on the long life portion, which does not preclude financial independence, but Darmanay is a, the minister and co-founder and she's an energy doula. She's a holistic caregiver and she spent most of her life struggling to understand the triggers and internal misalignments in her body, mind, and spirit that were calling her, ca yeah, calling her, causing, it, call, causing her to call her to experience a system collapse that with all kinds of health-related issues. She was bedridden for 30 days. And when she recovered and was able to stand again, it became her mission to share her message of love, spirit, miracle healing, and how becoming a caregiver give her of herself, you can tell I'm reading, showed her a new path to living in joy. Awesome. Thanks, Don, for being <laughs> with us today. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. I love that you're doing this. <laughs> uh, I'm, I am so excited about your, your path, your, your mission. Tell us about what led up to your, you know, 2010 illness and well, I'd spent uh, a number of years uh, trying to diagnose and figure out what was wrong with me. I've been to many doctors since the age of like 12. And um, when, because I had started getting Epstein-Barr and mono when I was 12 years old. And since that time, I had autoimmune issues and it just seemed like it just kept compounding. Things kept compounding. And, and in 2010, I had just started working with a nutritional person who had 22 years of experience. And so she was trying to help me understand what was going on with my body. And at that time when I fell, um, I was actually working and rehabilitating a dog and I was on the ground with the dog. And I said, I had these sharp pains in my right side and I fell to the floor and I couldn't pick myself back up again. Everything in me, my whole body just had just shut down. I couldn't, I couldn't lift myself. I had no energy. I was in having these sharp pains in my side. And um, it was just, I thought, oh my gosh, this is it. <laughs> I've reached the point where this is, this is it. I'm going to have to go to bed now and who knows what's going to happen to me. Wow. And the doctors don't know what's wrong with me. And so um, I had just gotten married and my husband had to pick me up and carry me to the bed. And I went to the bed and I laid there and was uh, struggling with the fact that I couldn't lift myself, struggling with the fact that I couldn't basically do anything. I kept trying to do work on the computer thinking, okay, I'll just do more research. I'll figure out what's going on with myself and fix it. But even that was, I didn't have the energy for. And so it ended up that I just surrendered. And it was when I surrendered that um, I gave myself permission to rest. I gave myself permission to just say, you know what? I don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. I'm going to give it all up. And just what do I have to work with at this moment in time? And all I have is I just really want to sleep. I feel like I'm so exhausted. I should just sleep. And so I did. 
I, I gave myself permission and, and for the next 30 days, every single day I would wake up and I would try to lift myself out of the bed. And every day I was not able to, but I would still give myself that permission. Okay. I still need rest. I'm just going to lay back down and go back to sleep. And my husband took care of me. Thank goodness. He didn't leave me. <laughs> We'd only been married for like, I think a week, maybe even oh my just God. a few days. Wow. <laughs> so, hey, surprise, honey. <laughs> here you are. You get to take care of me. Aren't you wow. lucky? And, um, so yeah, you know, he did that and we decided to do everything different. I decided to change everything at that moment in time because nothing was working. I was not excited about food. I, food to me was the enemy. I, I didn't want to deal with any more of that. So I would rather just fast and not, not eat. What I ended up doing though, is I, um, had two shakes a day and two, three teas a day. He would make me these two really big shakes and I would have those, you know, it would take me probably an hour and a half just to eat the shake. Cause I really didn't have that much of an appetite. And I did that for 30 days and they were green shakes. They had, you know, vegetables and, and, and a grapefruit in it and a green apple in it and a lemon and a lime, but mostly kale, cucumber, uh, spinach and cilantro. And, wow. you know, it was just, it took some getting used to, but I, I did it. And for 30 days, um, I actually started craving it towards the end. And on the 30th day, I was able to put my feet on the ground and lift my body up. I walk out into the living room and my husband looks at me and he says, wait a minute, shouldn't you be in bed? And I said, no, 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 I'm up now. I think I'm up now. This is it. I, I'm ready to be out of that bed. Yeah. And, and I decided that in that time frame of learning how to caregive for myself, because it really, that's what it is. I had a lot of time to think and a lot of time to, to uh, just surrender to the only thing that I was really given to worry about, which was myself. I was born to this body. So the only thing that I was truly supposed to figure it out was with me. So I thought, okay, what am I going to do with this now that I'm figuring out that I have to caregive for me? Yes, I have my husband kind of stepping in to be a caregiver every once in a while, but I had to learn how to caregive for myself if I was going to try to get more for myself. And uh, on that 30th day, it was just... I, I couldn't believe it that I could stand up and walk and I walk out to him and I said, no, we're not looking back now. Now I need to figure out how to help others figure out how to find their own caregiver within. And that's what this journey for me has been is it's been as much as caregiving for others as it has been learning how to caregive for myself so that I can be the best caregiver for me. So I don't need to be caregiven for as much because I've found that for myself. Yeah. And Little did I know that the journey was just getting started, you know, that, that here I was caregiving for myself and I got myself out of that bed and I started walking on this path of um, working at a holistic shop to where people would come in every single day and we'd spend an hour and a half with them and go through all of their scenarios of what they felt they were lacking or deficient in or what they were struggling with and how could we get them more energy, get them more. Cause that's what it all boils down to is how do we get more energy within ourselves so that we can effectively have more coming out of us to keep filling us more with the abundance. Yeah. And so the health was all tied to all of it. It's tied to all aspects of your abundance of whether or not you're caregiving for yourself. And 
And so, yeah, getting out of that and starting to help people in a, in a more, uh, in a situation where people were coming to us in a store and we would sit there and go through all of their stuff for an hour and a half and try to figure out, put a light on the things that we saw that maybe they weren't seeing at that moment in time and just help them find it for themselves and then watch how that would transform over the next few months. And it, it just all started with that, with being a caregiver for myself. It's crazy. When you look back, what do you think was the biggest, um, the biggest thing that kind of caused all these other symptoms? And was there, was there one like catalyst that you think just sort of blew it all up or? It's funny now looking at the whole journey where I'm at right now, looking back at it, um, I was not in alignment with myself my whole life. Um, you know, there's a lot of stories we're told while we're growing up. A lot of limitations are thrown at us. A lot of things, oh, you can't do this and oh, you can't do that. And oh yeah, you can do that, but it's probably going to take this. And, you know, here's a story that goes along with that. And, and so from the time I was a child, I was growing up thinking that I was limited to what was in my purview, what was, you know, here and with me right now, not knowing that with inside of me, that if I activated that thing inside of me and constantly just would feed the joy, then the joy would become an abundant fountain of everything and that it would just keep giving back to me. And, um, you know, you could look at the misalignment from the stories that you're told as children and it's nobody's fault. It's not our parents. It's not a, it's, it's not, oh, my parents didn't teach me this, or I didn't learn that they weren't taught. Exactly. They didn't know. They weren't (laughs) keeping a secret from you. Right. (laughs) No, it's not like, and it's not like they were trying to hold me back from, from gaining these things. They were legitimately in coming from a fearful position because of what their experiences were. So they were like, oh, if you do this, then, oh, you might experience that. And I don't know if I can witness that, you know? And so, so then all of a sudden you're dealing with the limitations of the people that you're looking for, um, encouragement from, you know, and support. And, and what I, what I, and I tell you this now, I've been married 16, well, 13 years, but I've been with my husband for 16 and just realized on our 13th anniversary, which is just a few weeks ago, uh, which I ironically was 13 years past since me falling and being on the floor is that in order for me to learn how to love myself truly, I had to see myself and I wasn't until I met my husband, I saw myself in him and that meant all of the shadows and all of the light and all of those pieces and all of those little things along the way that triggered all of those things that I thought were against me was just really me being against me. It was really me holding myself back. And so now I look at it and go, oh my gosh. I just was needing to find myself this whole time. I was seeking outside of myself for the answers. I was seeking outside of myself for a doctor to tell me what was wrong with me. I was seeking outside of myself to get more, but not realizing that I had so much inside of me that if I just focused on the stuff that made me who I was and the stuff that brought me joy, then that stuff was going to be the fuel for, for all of the abundance yeah. Now I'm not, I'm not going to say that it's a bad thing to, because some people will say, oh, you're a Pollyanna. You're so positive. 
I remember when I was a kid, I would wake up in the morning and it, I'd be like, hi, it's a great day. I'm like so excited. And my friends would look at me like, uh, Dawn, it's eight o'clock in the morning and none of us are awake yet. And I'm like, but okay, but I want to, I, okay, okay. I'll wait. And so, so, you know, you kind of have to like, you subdue that little thing that make pushes that thing forward of that. I don't know what that little thing was. It's, it's not that I wasn't facing the dark. It's that I already went through some of the dark stuff and saw like the only light stuff now. And all I want to see is the light. Right. And yes, I've gone through the dark and yes, a lot of us are going through dark stuff right now. I, I mean, and it seems like the same energy is happening, just different stories for different people, but it's the same sort of energy that's coming in. And, um, it doesn't mean that we don't go through darkness. It doesn't mean that I haven't been through some horrific, terrifying, traumatic experiences, just like somebody else has. It just means that I'm not willing to live in a place of stewing on that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to just walk away. So if I was to look back at everything, it was finding myself and, and finding the pieces of me that I'm like overjoyed with. And how can I bring that out to more to the world? What does that look like? And how do I keep tweaking that to give more of that? And the more I do that, the more abundance comes in. It's crazy. (laughs) So, yeah. So when you switched to, when you were doing your caregiving to others, what did you choose ALS or did it sort of choose you? Oh my gosh. I feel like this whole path is, is somehow scripted or the synchronicities. I'm, there's going to be a book at some point because I can't deny all of the signs and synchronicities that have happened and the stuff that brought me to ALS. So after I got well, my husband and I started uh, our duo. And so we came out as a duo, musical duo in 2012, and we started singing about our journey. And um, in 2012, I met this couple It was at one of our first gigs. And from the back of the room, she's the woman screams that she's from Nova Scotia when I'm talking about the fact that my husband's from Canada. (laughs) And she's like, I'm from Nova Scotia. So anyway, we end up having a conversation with these people for an hour and a half after the show. And we don't think anything. We talk like, oh, yeah, we'll meet up again. But a few years go by. It's now 2014, so that's two years after we've met them. Two years later, uh, we're challenged with the ice bucket challenge in July of 2014, and both of us looked at each other like, "What is this I, I, ALS?" I didn't, I hadn't heard of it really. I didn't know much about it, but yeah. I've been doing holistic healing and working with people and trying to intuitively help people find their energy. Like, how do you find your energy? Yeah. And and so. I said, wow, wouldn't it be interesting if somebody came into our life that had ALS? And I said, that would be really interesting. And what would we do with that kind of, uh, what kind of journey would that be? And it was just a thought. Gosh, you got to be careful with your words and your thoughts and speaking them. (laughs) Just be careful. Because six months later, literally six months later, um, we were at a gig. And it was an hour outside of Nashville. And the husband to that wife was being called by the restaurant owner that owned the restaurant that we were playing at because she was like, you've got to come see these people. Now this husband and wife were also in the music and advertising. And so she thought it would be beneficial for us to meet the the husband that he would come see us. And so we, 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 uh, 
we're like thinking nothing of it. And she keeps texting and calling and texting and calling. And after 11 calls, he says, my wife is in the hospital with ALS. They're saying she's not going to make it. I don't know if I can make it out there. And so she begs him. She's like, please, you have to come. So Anne says to her husband, yes, you should go see these two. I don't know why, but you need to go meet these two. So he gets in the car and he comes out an hour to us. And it's our show is over now. Our show is over. He shows up. Our show is over. And he comes up to Nash and he starts talking to Nash. And um, Nash says something. And he says, oh, my wife is in the hospital, but I had to come out here tonight. Nash turns and he looks at him and he says, your wife is in the hospital. He throws everything on the ground. They sit down at a table and they start talking. Now, mind you, we don't recognize this man because he's gained so much weight. Um, we don't, we don't, don't see him as the person that we met at right. all. Yeah. But there was something very familiar about him. And he's telling us this story. Our show is over. So we spend another hour and a half after our gig is sitting here talking to this man, not realizing we've already met him, <laughs> not knowing what the future has in store for us, but just really legitimately wanting to understand and very curious as to why this person has come into our life who has ALS. Yeah. And so, so he says, well, why don't you come into the hospital and meet my wife? And we said, absolutely. We want to come in and meet your wife. And I said, while we're doing that and planning that, get me a, a list of what she's eating because I want to know what she's, what they're giving her because he was telling me she was having problems with food and, and everything. So they get me a list and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's inshore. Everything you wouldn't want to give an ALS patient because it's got corn syrup and whey and gluten and dairy and every possibly bad thing that could be bad for somebody who has a neurodegenerative disease. You don't want to give this to them. And um, so I find another formula. It's holistic. It's organic. And I send it to him and he gets it ordered, brings it into the doctor and the doctor sees the prescription and he says, well, why do you want to change? And the doctor looks at her food and he says, oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. She shouldn't be on that here. I approve of this. So they get this new formula in there, and then we come in the next day to the hospital to meet Anne. So we think we're meeting Anne. <laughs> we, we go in there, and she recognizes us right away. I don't recognize her because she's emaciated. She's like 85 pounds. She looks like oh a skeleton. It was horrible. And um, so we start talking to her, and... Um, and they start talking about the food and all this. And, and then she types out on her phone, I'm from Nova Scotia. <laughs> and and said, I, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like the light bulbs just go ping. And I looked at them and I went, oh my gosh, you're from Nova Scotia. And I looked at <laughs> both of them and I know, I know their story. I know they're alone in the city. I know they don't have any help. And I'm looking at what they're going through right now. And I know that Nash and I are, we're just working for ourselves. So I said, well, we're not doing anything right now if you need help. And, uh, and they said, oh my gosh, that would be great. Let's work something out. Oh, that would be awesome. Yeah, let's do this. And so we started to plan, okay, well, I'll start coming over as soon as she's released from the hospital. But until then, they're going to rehab her here for like a month and a half. They're rehabbing her at this at this rehab facility. They got her back to sitting on the edge of the bed. They got her to walking with the food that she was on with this new food. Yeah. Because she did so well on this new food, 
they introduced that food to the autistic floor where all the children who had autistic issues were not speaking or communicating or any of that. So they decided to try it on the kids. And it was such a great response that they decided to start adopting it at their hospital as one of their formulas that they give wow. to patients. Yeah, it was so, it, you know, just the fact that we got called to ALS and that we called called to do that and then to see that this chain of events is starting to happen, it's like, wow. Okay, so if that wouldn't have happened, then that wouldn't have happened. And if I wouldn't have allowed for that to happen, it's like, just stay open. And the signs and the doors open. And it's just about you being called to it. It's funny that you said called to earlier, because I feel like I was called to this whole entire journey. This was not something that I had ever planned. Um, I've been singing music and writing music since I was a child. And that's been what we've been doing. But along the way, I've taken on other things to survive to do you know and to find my joy the caregiving journey of caregiving for myself is leading me to a caregiving of caregiving for myself and then leading a path to showing others how to caregive for themselves and then also to caregive for others that need caregiving for (laughs) which I just find the whole thing very fascinating how it keeps how like the path just keeps unfolding itself if you just get out of your way don't try to dictate how it's all going to happen. And then all of a sudden things start happening. So yeah, I felt very called to ALS and to this path. (laughs) Amazing. See, you hear, you know, you're talking about the the different things that you ate and that you you fed to Anne and stuff. It's all plant-based. Yeah. Is that where, I mean, I keep hearing this every time I turn around, oh, plant-based diet, plant-based diet. This is a plant-based, you know, nut milk, whatever. And you're just like, It just becomes like, okay, whatever, but can you just talk a little bit about, I mean, what's your average like daily diet or what do you think is important? So for me, I feel like plant-based diet is living plants, living fruits and vegetables um, uh, because they carry a vibration. So for me, getting more energy in my body means looking at all the avenues that I could be taking in energy. Am I, am I taking energy through water? Am I taking, is the energy in the water, is it from a mountain? Is it from a spring, a well, uh, or is it from tap? Or has it been ultra filtered and then ultra filtered again? And, you know, how much life is in the water and yeah. how much life is in the plant? Yeah. Because that life that's in those things is giving more life to us. And I'm not saying that uh, you should stop eating meat. I've, I've never that's not what I believe. I believe that people need to do what they're called to do and what their body is feeling more energetically aligned with. And some people, they need to eat meat that they find their energy from that eat meat that are eating a plant-based diet, you know, but eat meat that is pasture raised and humanely, you know, raised. And, um, because that all matters because, Um, how your plants are being taken care of and how your animals are being taken care of is also an energy that's going to be passed on from the animal or the plant to you. So it's, it's an energy cycle. It's a cycle of energy. The words and everything that we speak and think are all part of our, it's all part of our makeup. Every cell in our body requires energy in order to give more energy, (laughs) you know? Um, So what I learned being in a bed is that I needed to give myself as much energy as I could. And so we did vegetables, so live vegetables. And 
Um, you can do raw if you want to. Some people don't do well on raw, so they have to have cooked. Yeah. So do you don't have to cook it until it's like yeah, all the life right. is cooked out of it. <laughs> you know, um, you can you can you know cook it lower. I like to cook things um, if I'm doing it cooked. Then I cook it in water, and so that it's kind of a steamed, but not um, not um, uh, boiled. You know, yeah, I'm not yeah. boiling it. More like I'll put a few inches of water in the bottom of the pan instead of butter. You know. And some people need the butter, you know, so have the <laughs> butter if you need the butter, <laughs> but get yourself some good pasture raised butter because those cows have been eating good things, you know, and aren't being fed hormones and, and antibiotics. So yeah, there's just, it's just about being more conscious about what you're putting in your body. Now you can take it to the level of the grocery store when they're saying everything is plant-based and yes, <laughs> you can tell me that, um, that gluten is plant-based, right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> it, it comes from a plant. It doesn't right. necessarily mean that it's good for you. Um, because what's happened with gluten in America is that they processed it so much that they've now turned it into glue. Yeah. So, <laughs> the, put the, we put the glue back in gluten. <laughs> that's right. We put the glue back in gluten. So, you know, if you really want to make your own breads and you, you really want to have a bread or you want to have pastas, I recommend making it yourself and getting a good source of, of, um, flowers to use. I myself like to use, um, coconut and almonds and, you know, I, I do the gluten-free <laughs> because yeah. I don't, I don't need any more glue in my body. <laughs> <laughs> my body is rejecting glue. <laughs> and, and honestly, when I was in the bed, during those 30 days, one of the things that put me in that bed was because I had switched. I had discovered that I had a gluten intolerance. And so I had switched from gluten um, free or I had gluten from gluten products to gluten free products. All I was eating was gluten free products. So I went to the store and everything on the shelf had to be gluten free. Right. And so I'm like, oh, it's gluten free. I can eat that. Oh, it's right. gluten free. Oh, I can Potato eat that. chips, no I, gluten. Excellent. No gluten in that. Oh, forget about the saturated fats. Oh, right. and, you exactly. know, don't worry about those burnt oils. That's not carcinogenic. <laughs> you know, it's it's just, and I guess when I went to go help a person with ALS and she gave me the rite of passage to just do whatever we needed to do in her alternative holistic care because the doctors had given up on her. They told her she wasn't going to make it a week, let alone six months. And we went seven years together. Wow. And the reason we went seven years is because I feel like it was because I learned how to listen to myself. Therefore, I learned how to listen to her. So because I could trust my own intuition, I could hear what she was saying because she couldn't speak to me anymore. She had to talk through a computer or through texting. And, you know, eventually she had to talk through her eyes. And so there's, you know, you just learn that listening to your body if you pick up a fruit and you ask yourself, this is going to be so good for me and it feels really good for me and you really believe that, then it's going to be really good for you. Yeah. In the same respect, I can tell you right now, honestly, you could probably pick up a can of raviolis and <laughs> say the same things to yourself if you really want to believe it. I, I happen to have a personal story where uh, my husband's great uncle, he had cancer three times and beat it twice on a can of raviolis and gin. <laughs> and I really believe it was because of his mindset, because he did not believe that it was going to take him down. Plus, he didn't overeat. He yeah, didn't eat yeah. a lot of uh, 
he didn't eat a lot of things. He really didn't. And yeah. so I, I think that the body was never really truly just bogged down and it, he was able to keep healing himself with his mindset. Yeah. The third time, not so much, but yeah. and that's a long-winded definition of plant-based, but I think it all comes back down to the energy that you're trying to give to your body. And so ask yourself, is a box of stuff going to bring me energy <laughs> or is it going to weigh me down? Right. right. <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I, that's how I transitioned from, from eating the way I was eating to now how I'm eating now. And now it's just take the time, make my meals, prepare, put this, put a little bit of effort into yourself. You know why? Because that's why you were put here is to put the effort into yourself first. But <laughs> we've kept, we keep reaching outside of ourselves to get more. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's true. It's, it, you know, I think it's easier to blame someone else if things don't go well. <laughs> it's a lot easier. <laughs> so it's like, oh, you know, the doctors really let me down. It's not me. It has nothing to do with anything it's, I did. Uh, no, I know. And it's, and, and here it is. As, here's the other part. This brings up a really good point that you're bringing up right now is my family or friends that are going through stuff that's really hard and they're struggling through things and I want to help them. It's, and, I try to help them, but they're not in a place for that help. Right. And so I had to learn as a caregiver that the only person that I need to caregivers for really truthfully is myself. And that in by doing that, if somebody comes along and sees how I'm doing this for myself and they say, hey, how are you doing that? Because I, I need a little bit of maybe maybe you can illuminate something for me that I'm missing and I can find it for myself. Yeah. Okay, great. I'll do that for you. I don't want to come in and tell you how to do things because I don't think that anybody should. I think you should okay. define that for yourself and that we're all just here as examples of things that, you know, possibilities, probabilities that there's no, like, there's no, like when, even in science, in science, everything is a probability because there are so many variations and you can't tell me that you can do a, you'd have to do a closed study where every person was born and raised exactly the same way right. in the exact same scenario, by the same family, by the same <laughs> family, right. eating and drinking the same things. Right. And they, they'd have to be in a bubble for like 20, 30 years to tell me that you're getting the exact results you're getting. Cause the way I see it, it's all probabilities. Absolutely. And, and we're just, we're just going on averages. Well, it's kind of in this mark right here. So I'm going to try this and try this to find balance for myself. Yeah. And so listening to ourselves is where I feel the answers come back is where we go, oh, you know, that really didn't feel that good having what I just ate or drank or yeah. said or thought. And so what do you do? You have to stop and say, okay, well, I can stop it right now. And what does that look like? Yeah. What does that look like if I change it right now? And, and that's it all takes I've been some doing. Bravery, right. It takes some strength because people are, that this is what I've always done. What happens if I totally change? Well, yeah, I'm, I, I was even literally giving people my recipe for what I did when I healed, you know, because that's just what I chose to do. I chose to quit everything cold Turkey and go down a path, like a complete different path than what I was going because it wasn't working and it, it was scary. And I chose to take the time that it took. And that's what it was. I gave myself my, I gave myself permission to write my own story with it and say, you know what? I don't, I don't 
these people around me that keep telling me this is what I should be experiencing and this is how I'm going to experience it. I think I'm just going to, yeah, I'm just going to push all that out right now because it's all outside. That's their projections of how they're fearful of their own stuff and they're putting it on me. Exactly. And, exactly. and I'm just going to accept that. <laughs> yeah. So I, I saw on your website that you had a recipe book. How long did it take to put that together? Because I can imagine oh, like, boy. you know, doing each <laughs> recipe, coming up with each, perfecting each recipe. I thought it would take a lifetime. <laughs> um, I honestly do feel like it has been a lifetime. Um, so those recipes I've literally been working on since 2010. And everybody keeps saying, I have another book that's coming out. I can't say the name of it yet because it's it's going to be... Um, I really love the name of it though, but it's going to be really great. It's, it's going to, it's going to feature, um, American style foods, vegan, basically just, just the, the way that I, the way I have translated it for myself now to stay in plant-based mm -hmm. and, um, and this one though, with the sweet potato vegan, the sweet potato, I reason I wanted to do it first is because sweet potatoes have replaced my meat. So they are They're awesome. Meat. I don't eat meat. I eat sweet potatoes <laughs> <laughs> and I love them so much. And I feel like they're the one thing, the one constant thing that I could keep in my life that made me feel full, that took care of all of my needs and brought me so much joy that my body didn't hurt anymore. My body has stopped hurting to wow. where I have more man, I can manage it now more. Now I know if, if my body's hurting, it's probably because I got too much sugar that day or because I got too much oil and I don't eat a whole lot of oil, but every once in a while, I like to have some, something with some kind of oil on it. You know, I do eat avocados every day. I love avocados. Yeah, I love avocados. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, I have my like routine things that I feel are like my staples that I have to have in my day. Yeah. Um, but the sweet potato vegan, uh, it's literally taken me since 2010. And I was blessed because the last year that Ann that was here, my, um, I guess he was my, he was my foster. He was like a foster brother to me. He came and, uh, he was with us when we were kids. And then he came to Tennessee was, was passing through and stayed with us for about nine months. And he just happened to be a chef. So he helped me elevate my recipes to make sure that they were, that, that I covered all the basis, you know, yeah. and he, he just kind of put the icing on all of them as we'll say. And then he gave me a couple of new ones. There's a recipe in there for uh, cranberry relic or cranberry ketchup, which is, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's ketchup. It tastes like ketchup, but it's made from cranberries. Wow. And it's so good. And, um, that, that's because I try to avoid tomatoes. So he wanted to give me something that could replace my ketchup. So he made me cranberry ketchup, which Fun. ironically goes great with sweet potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, we've got the sweet potato recipe book and that is by donation only it's to support my ministry. So, um, which is the ministry of, of, um, advocating for caregivers, the caregiver within and helping people find the caregiver within. And, um, and I'm still helping, uh, with people that need help. If it, basically I'll help anybody who calls me, <laughs> I'm not afraid to, if somebody really wants help, I'm, I, it's, I'm not the kind of person that's going to set up programs and have you be part of a program. It's, yeah. it's more like, if you want my help, I'm here. 
I'll hold your hand, but I'm not diving in the rabbit hole with you. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't help anybody. No, doesn't help. It doesn't, it, it, it didn't help trying to set up programs uh, in the past because people fall off their programs. The only thing that worked for me was to continue just trying to do better for myself because I wanted to feel happy inside and joy yeah. <laughs> and that's it. And so now that the pains are finally manageable, um, which, you know, during that time that I was in the bed, having all of those issues kind of creep up on, on me at the same time with the Lyme, the autoimmune, the Epstein, the diabetes, the endometriosis, um, all of that stuff is all in remission right now. I have everything managed right now so Amazing. that I can. So I feel like every day I can wake up and go, okay, where, where's my starting place today? And I'm still making progress. I don't feel like I'm declining. I feel like there's progress being made. And, and that's, that's basically how we approached every single day for the seven years with Anne on our journey was where are we at today and what do we have to work with and yeah. how can we bring joy to your life with what we have? Yeah. And, and that's all that we can do. I feel that's, that's our whole mission. And even as I watched this person be left literally with just her mind, she didn't let that take her. Yeah. She let that be the thing that freed her. Her mind freed her. And uh, I watched her. She showed me so many examples of that. And it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful and tragic and traumatic thing to go through all at the same time. But I feel like you had to have all of it to kind of push that cream to the top. Yeah. You know, so that we could find out all these little morsels. And, and, um, the only thing that I feel that, that as a society, we need to really work on is one caregiving for ourselves. And two, if we're caregiving for others to be mindful of, and listen to them, even if they can't speak, yeah. because so many times we would go into the emergency room and the emergency room technicians do not understand how to handle a chronically ill patient. Right. There needs to be protocols that, that kind of had been set up. Here's some things to look out for if you have an ALS patient or an MS patient. Here's some things that you want to make sure. Don't, don't use the sponge in their mouth if they have involuntary lockjaw. I mean, right. you know, <laughs> uh, don't lay, let their hand hang off the side of the bed if you just took blood from them and forgot to put the Band-Aid on because oh. they can't put their arm back on their body. Oh so they're, God. so it's just, yeah. I mean, these are situations that actually happened and I don't hold any, anything against the establishment. I feel that as a society, we need to stop and listen to ourselves so that we can listen to what's happening in front of us without words. Yeah. Because the, 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 it's there, all the information is there and we don't have to have definition yeah. with words all the time. Right. Right. You just tune we, in. You know, when you, you go to, uh, the, before you do chest compressions, you're supposed to stop, listen and feel right. But when you're dealing with somebody with ALS, there's an element of choking that might happen because they're dealing with secretions. And so that's a protocol. These are all things that need to be that if, if that the personnel was trained, then they would look for it and then they would be more aware and more mindful. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I feel like those are the things that as a society, we could fill our cups and have more abundance if we would just stop and listen 
more to what's going on instead of trying to rush through the process. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Absolutely. So Don, I feel like, I mean, there's more stuff I wanted to talk to you about, but I'm we're kind of getting to the end. So will you just tell people where they can reach you or what's the best way to connect with you? I mean, we're going to put all this in the show notes, but um, just uh, where where would you tell people to start if they want to um, connect with if you, you? If you want to connect with me, because I, and if you need an advocate, if you need an advocate for yourself, if you need an advocate for a patient, if you uh, need, if you're just looking to run some ideas past somebody, you want to brainstorm, um, whatever it is, and you just need some, you need to vent, you can reach me on Instagram, on Facebook at traveling caregivers. You can go to my website. I have a, I have a place there that you can send a contact to me. They all go to me. So just send it to me at dawn at traveling caregivers or, or go to the website, travelingcaregivers.com and fill out the contact form. Um, you can also find us at Dawn loves Nash. That's our music ministry. So that's where we're taking our music now. And um, cause that's another component we're using our music and I'm finding our music is, is helping a lot of people through the healing process. A lot of our songs were written during this caregiving journey. So a lot of it speaks to finding that, that inner voice and, and bringing it out and just standing in your power and in your truth so that you well, can I feel like there's nothing I, for me, nothing brings me joy more quickly if I'm not necessarily feeling joyful than music. It just yes. quickly elevates my mood and my energy level and my vibration. Yeah. It changes everything. And yeah. it's, it's, uh, the music is, is leading the way right now for us. It's kind of actually stepped in and taken over. Um, so, so it's, it's forcing us to get more in front of people and, and to sing the music that we've been working on. And then I'm working with people in between those things. And then, you know, doing the best I can. <laughs> so, Fantastic. Yeah, it's great. Oh, that's, you have, a, you have a huge soul, huge heart. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on here today. Thanks so much for being here. I know that a lot of people are going to hear this and benefit and feel that they need to, you know, have more of you. So thanks for <laughs> giving well, and people if you would access, love to have you know? us. If, if people want to book us too, we're always, we're, we're always looking to bring our music somewhere new. So if there's somebody somewhere that you want us to bring the music to an event, to a benefit, to a festival, to your house, whatever, and you're just going to have Fun. friends over, we'll do that too. We've done all of that. And, um, if you like the journey that we're trying to promote with the mission for the caregivers, then donate and get a cookbook, get a recipe book nice. <laughs> or find our music on Spotify uh, or iTunes or any of those digital platforms. You can find us there under Don Loves Nash. Perfect. I love that. love the name. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I felt like it was a time for, cause we were Tawny River and we changed our name to Don Loves Nash a few years ago. And I felt it was right before COVID happened. <laughs> and I don't know if I was feeling it or what, but we were, I was just feeling like we needed more love. And <laughs> we, we were like, well, let's just be Dawn and Nash. And we said, well, why don't we be Dawn loves Nash? Because <laughs> I think the world needs more love. And it was more of saying Dawn loves Nash and Lash loves Dawn. There's a mutual yeah. love there. Like I see my love in him and he sees my, his love, vice versa. We see that love in each other. Yeah. And so therefore we can give more of it. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. 
Don, thanks so much for lighting up our day today. It was great meeting you. It was so great meeting you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. And thanks, listener, for listening. I know that you know somebody who can benefit from hearing Dawn and from connecting with her later. So please share the episode with them so that they can hear energy and just be be healed just from listening to her nice words. Maybe it'll put them on a, a true plant-based journey and not just a, something that says plant-based in the store like gluten-free. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe start their path to healing and be sure to be here next week.